This is a Retail Insider Podcast. You're listening to a special edition. This is Craig Patterson. I'm the Editor-in-Chief of Retail Insider, and this is a special edition of the weekly podcast. On today's podcast, we have Dr. Raul Kushwa. He is uh, one of the co-founders of uh, Predict Medics, a very unique company which uh, is able to test for uh, various uh, medical things, including uh, symptoms of COVID-19. This is uh, going to be rolled out, uh, this technology, all over the place, and uh, we're going to talk a little bit about today. So thank you so much, Raul, for joining us. Thanks, Craig. It's a pleasure talking to you. Yeah. So let's uh, get right into this here. Uh, tell me a little bit about Predict Medics and um, uh, what it's doing in, to detect uh, COVID-19 and other illnesses. So uh, Predict Medics is really a healthcare artificial intelligence company. Uh, we are trading on uh, CSE under the symbol PMED, P-M-E-D, and on OTCQB in the U.S. under P-M-E-D-F. And uh, we are operational in two different spaces. One is impairment and the other one is healthcare. So for impairment, we have developed technologies that can scan for cannabis and alcohol impairment. And again, that's done without a need for any bodily fluids. It's just face and voice recognition technologies. And in healthcare, we have developed a technology for uh, mass screening for COVID-19 symptoms. And we are also developing technologies to screen for mental health disorders. That's quite broad. So in other words, uh, this can test for symptoms of COVID-19, but could also be used in uh, other areas in terms of testing in the, in the future? So the basis for us to get into COVID-19 was uh, we were actually working on a technology to screen for influenza. Hmm. And then next thing you know, we were in the middle of a COVID-19 pandemic. So that really gave us an opportunity to uh, pivot the technology a little bit and try to train the technology on a lot of COVID-19 data to have it screened for uh, COVID-19. Excellent. Now this has a patent, I guess. It's an American patent, right? Exactly. So we have filed our uh, U.S. patents on the technology. And um, as far as the technology goes, again, it's completely based on uh, face recognition. So what we are doing is uh, we are scanning using multispectral cameras. So these are cameras that can scan across several different wavelengths. And uh, what we can screen for are COVID-19 symptoms. And that includes things like uh, fever, uh, cough, nasal congestion, headache, exhaustion, sweat cell activation. So again, a lot of symptoms that you associate with COVID-19. And um, if you really look at what WHO has said so far, the main uh, reason for this global transmission of COVID-19 has primarily been through symptomatic individuals. I mean, as much as we hear about asymptomatic individuals, asymptomatic transmission has not played a big role in global pandemic. So what that tells you or what that tells anyone is that if we can identify individuals who are showing symptoms, perhaps isolate them, prevent them from entering environments where there is a large congregation of people, then we can potentially prevent the spread of infection. We can control infection and potentially we can reduce the risk of what we are calling as the second wave or the next pandemic. And of course, after COVID-19, the technology can be used again for influenza. Excellent. And before we get further into it, uh, we talked about this earlier, uh, you, you know, privacy is going to be respected uh, within all protocols and laws and whatnot uh, uh, around this as well, because, you know, it, it is something where it's, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a system of monitoring, essentially. It's really a system of monitoring, but one of the things, so the, the way how it's actually working is, so let's say you go into a facility, the facility has these multispectral cameras which are deployed. From those multispectral cameras, uh, the data is sent to the cloud or a dedicated server if it's in their facility. And the AI algorithms that we have developed, they actually sit in the server or on the uh, cloud. And the decision is made 
and the notification is sent back in a fraction of a second. So during the time frame when you're transmitting all the data, one of the things that we make sure is that there are no personal identifiers that are sent along with the data. And that actually allows us to really be um, in charge of making sure that there are, there are no privacy-related issues when it comes to this technology. Excellent. And uh, in terms of um, in physical spaces, it's, it's used sort of in a camera system. Is that correct? So uh, in addition to uh, screening for uh, COVID-19 symptoms, the other uh, aspect for controlling a pandemic or an epidemic is about compliance. So um, if you just look at the rhetoric that we are seeing at the provincial level and the federal level, just even though it's not been mandated, but to a large extent, uh, now what a lot of politicians are saying with the health ministry is saying that, you know what, if you're stepping out, make sure you wear a mask, even though it's not a law. Mm-hmm. And uh, lately, for instance, Doug Ford did come out and say that if you're operating a store and if you don't feel comfortable letting a person in who's not wearing a mask, you can deny entry. And along with that, there is the whole aspect of social distancing. So great, I mean, imagine you're running a shopping center, um, you're running, running a huge grocery store. There is one thing to have somebody at the door to make sure whoever is coming in is wearing a mask, but what happens after that person comes in? How do you monitor and make sure that person keeps their masks on and they're abiding by social distancing laws? And that's where the other technologies that we have developed they can be deployed on existing CCTV infrastructure. So no need for any new hardware. And what the technology is going to be doing is, think of it as you have this, this police force in your store all of a sudden, that's checking to make sure everyone has a face mask on, that's checking to make sure people are abiding social distancing, and that's also checking to make sure that there is no um, abnormal behavior, such as let's say somebody uh, collapsing or somebody just not acting normal or crowding for those sort of things. So the second technology which can be uh, used on existing CCTV infrastructure is more about compliance. But again, if you're talking about controlling a pandemic or preventing further spread of infection, you got to have both of these technologies in sync with each other. That you have the screening technology, to prevent symptomatic people from entering a facility. But at the same time, once people go in, you have these compliance technologies to make sure that potential spread of infection is further prevented. Excellent. We just talked about stores and uh, shopping centers. Uh, Where else could this technology be implemented uh, in, in physical spaces? So, I mean, of course, retail is a big environment. Along with that, I mean, think of uh, arenas, stadiums, uh, airports. Um, Healthcare is, again, an obvious one. Um, Office buildings, condos, apartments, public places. I mean, the other example I can give you is uh, beaches and parks, for instance. Mm. We all saw what happened in Toronto over the weekend. Trinity Bellwoods, you had thousands of people gathering there. But again, how do you police when there are so many people somewhere and just not abiding by social distancing laws? Well, what you can always do is you can have a drone and the drone can be deployed using our technology whereby, think of this, a drone is out there and our technology is working in the background on what they're doing is just making sure people are complying with social distancing laws. Excellent. Now, the cost um, I was reading is actually going to be uh, uh, reasonable in terms of the rollout of this is expected to be quite extensive. So it's not going to be like this is going to be prohibitively expensive to uh, implement, say, for a retailer mall, etc. So one of the things uh, that, uh, again, every time, so first of all, we have a fairly extensive sales pipeline and our uh, sales agents are working around the clock to get this implemented all across North America. But anytime they're having a conversation uh, with a prospective client, 
the moment the client understands the technology, the first thing they have in their minds that this is probably going to be uh, something where they'll have to pay, let's say, a few hundred thousand dollars. And the moment they get the answer, they're like, oh, no way. It's actually cheaper than having a full-time person on board to police a facility. That's what you're talking about. Oh, excellent. Holy cow. Now, um, the technology is being tested, I think, a little bit already. Tell me a little bit about that. So uh, the technology has been tested. I mean, it has been deployed in a healthcare setting. But at the same time, we have partnered with JuiceWorks exhibits in North America. Mm-hmm. So JuiceWorks is uh, based out of Toronto and Vegas in the U.S. And uh, they work with a lot of Fortune 500 clients like Amazon, Google, McDonald's, Ikea's, Microsoft, you name it. I mean, they work with all these clients. And what they're doing is they're developing these modular structures. So think of, um, well, I mean, a little container. These can be placed in front of a retail environment or let's say in front of a convention center such that everyone who is coming in has to pass through these containers or through these modules. And these containers or these modules have our technology deployed in them. And on the other end, what you have is a green or a red light. If someone is identified to have a high likelihood of being COVID-19 positive, our red light goes off. And what that means is that person is not going to be entering the facility. Again, if a green light goes off, then yeah, it seems they don't have a high likelihood of being COVID-19 positive. Now they can enter the facility. So with JuiceWorks, we have embarked on this massive launch of our technology all over North America. And uh, just looking at... uh, the con- looking at what they have done so far with the kind of clients they're talking to, one thing that I can say is that that's going to be phenomenal for predict medics in terms of getting our technology across several jurisdictions in North America. Excellent. I mean, it sounds like predict medics is going to be able to do a lot of things and a lot of good. Uh, Absolutely. And I mean, at the end of the day, you've got to remember with all the technologies that we are launching, we are ensuring that they stay affordable. Because at the end of the day, I mean, it's about helping people. And right now in this COVID-19 environment, it's, it's, all, it's about helping people and helping economy. Economies cannot be shut down forever. We are seeing the aftermath in terms of job losses. I mean, again, it's the worst scenario that no one ever thought of. And now as we're talking about gradual opening of things, the only way to do it is you have to implement such technologies to make sure you can create a safer environment, not just for customers, but also for your employees. Absolutely. Goodness. Now, um, going looking a little bit broader, um, tell me about um, artificial intelligence and machine learning generally and, and how it all works, maybe in, in layman's terms for someone like me that doesn't know that much about this. <laughs> uh, so uh, to put it simply, um, so artificial intelligence and machine learning, I mean, a lot of people confuse them as being identical to each other. So machine learning uh, was more what you can call the older form of artificial intelligence. Uh, Though it's, again, I mean, it's used all over the place even now, but now what we are relying more on are deep learning models, our neural networks, and that is what you can call true artificial intelligence. And with the technologies that we are developing for, let's say, uh, impairment uh, and for brain health, um, and also technologies that we have developed, like for cannabis and alcohol impairment and for COVID-19, it's all based on deep learning models. And the key to deep learning AI is, As you use it more, as more and more data goes into the system, it just keeps on getting more efficient and more accurate. Wow. That's, I guess, hence the artificial intelligence name. That's, uh, that is fascinating. Um, uh, And I mean, my next question was going to be, what would we see if we didn't have, you know, a mass screening when we just talked about, you know, a potential economic collapse? Um, 
What do you think about society in the future uh, in terms of artificial intelligence? Uh, how could this broaden the scope and, and even, I guess, transform the world? Do you have any in- insight into that? Well, so um, back in the day, we all know what industrial revolution did to the global economy. And I think now we are sitting at an era, I mean, at a point in time where we can call it as the, the beginning of artificial intelligence revolution. Based on the numbers that we are seeing all over the place, this is poised to turn into a multi-trillion dollar sector. So what's being said is that no matter which area you're involved in, if you don't bring artificial intelligence into the mix, you will not be able to sustain yourselves in the future. And this is becoming even more evident now, partly because of COVID-19. Because again, a lot of the processes that we were dependent on, now we are realizing things just cannot run in that fashion anymore. You have to bring in more technology. And so the other thing that's happening in parallel is the adoption of technology is phenomenal these days. And um, I mean, a few weeks ago, for instance, we had uh, Mr. Ravel, uh, who is the uh, current director for artificial intelligence related business development at Microsoft, join our team as chairman of the board. And uh, one of the things that he always says is that right now is the time for artificial intelligence. And one of the things that he really likes about what we are doing is that, yeah, there are other AI companies out there, but we are actually solving real world problems. We are solving problems that matter to all of us. And that's precisely what we are doing, not just with COVID-19, but also with impairment and mental health disorders. Because with COVID-19 and the isolation that's going on, people are not having that social connection anymore. And humans are social beings. Mm-hmm. So in absence of that social connection, what's happening is that the rate of mental health disorders are shooting through the roof everywhere in the world. And uh, when it comes to diagnosis of mental health disorders, well, it's quite subjective. You don't have just a blood test that you can take to identify a mental health disorders. Using AI, what we can do is we can eliminate the subjectiveness from diagnosis of mental health disorders altogether. So it's about, think of this, you have a face and a voice recognition tool that points at your face, and it is pretty much predicting the likelihood of you having mental health disorders like depression, dementia, ADHD, and so on and so forth. That's amazing. Um, in terms of the future of pre-diabetics, um, do you have a vision of uh, where things could go from here in terms of the implementation of uh, technology around the current company? Um, so again, um, now one of the things that I can say is uh, that in terms of how things are progressing uh, with our COVID-19 technology, I mean, it's quite phenomenal. As I said, that we have a very active sales pipeline and we are working around the clock to get it implemented in many parts of North America and around the world. But along with that, things have been progressing quite well with our impairment technology too. So um, just a few weeks ago, for instance, uh, we launched a pilot with Hindalco. So prior to that, we were doing a study with 3,000 participants, but again, the data that we collected so far was so striking in terms of identifying cannabis and or alcohol impairment that Hindalco Industries, they were like, oh, guys, we are ready to jump to a pilot now. And Hindalco, mind you, is perhaps the biggest player in the aluminum sector. Last year, their revenues were over $18 billion. And the parent company that controls Hindalco is worth over $200 billion USD. So with us initiating a pilot with Hindalco, it's not just about validation of our technology, it also opens the door to the huge business that comes along with our impairment technology. 
Because with our impairment technology, it's all about workplace. Law enforcement is going to come down the road, but because the technology does not use any bodily fluids, and again, it's based on face and voice recognition, it can easily be implemented in a workplace setting. And of course, in parallel, uh, we have really uh, accelerated our efforts in terms of developing technologies for mental health disorders too. Uh, it sounds like this technology should be quite useful for retailers. Um, tell me a little bit more about um, how this might be implemented, say, uh, in a small store, a large store, and a shopping center. So let's say if you're talking about a shopping center, we're talking about uh, placing these multispectral cameras at every entrance to the shopping center to screen for people uh, to make sure people who are coming in are not at a high likelihood of being COVID-19 positive. So that's one of the avenues. The other side is when people come into a shopping center, you got to make sure they're abiding by social distancing laws. And that's where the entire uh, set of technologies that we have for compliance can be rolled out using existing CCTV infrastructure. So, um, and the other angle that I can think of is actually grocery stores. I mean, you go to a grocery store these days, you see a huge lineup at the door. And um, you got to make sure those people are distancing themselves from each other. And right now, the only way is that, well, you got to have somebody walk out and make sure people are staying far away from each other. Well, what you can do with our technology is just deploy it on your existing CCTV infrastructure. It can monitor people outside the store as they're lining up and also inside the store as they're coming. in. Hmm. Excellent. If, I guess even for smaller spaces, it's probably just less camera technology that would be. Exactly. That's right. Yeah. That would be needed. That, that's amazing because it seems like, the, the, you know, the future of, of well, physical spaces, I mean, it extends well beyond just retail. Uh, it, it seems like there's going to be a lot of uses for this in terms of, uh, you know, the future of detection of, of illnesses and, and other things that uh, uh, could ultimately keep us safe as well. That's right. Because, I mean, um, again, as much as we wish for a vaccine to be there, one thing I can say based on my previous life as a professor at the University of Ottawa and a scientist with the National Research Council of Canada, that we are not going to be seeing a vaccine anytime this year or early next year. Mm-hmm. So what that tells me is, or what that tells would tell anyone is that we have to have a new normal. That new normal clearly cannot be how things used to be pre-COVID-19. There is going to be a new normal. And in this new normal, if you want the society to be operational, if you want the economies to function, you have to implement these technologies to make sure it's a safe environment, again, not just for people who are coming in as customers, but also for employees. And that's how you can prevent the next pandemic. And I think we have more of an understanding now of even things like the flu and that, you know, that too is dangerous. And I know in years past, I don't know, you go into an office and it's like, oh, someone's sick. Well, oh, they came into work anyways type of thing. I mean, I I think the Mm -hmm. world is going to change around that uh, because we're all a little more sensitive to illnesses, I think, all of a sudden. I mean, definitely, I think people are going to be a lot more proactive uh, because as much as we talk about flu, it does carry a huge mortality and morbidity every year. And it does cause global economy, I mean, tens and hundreds of billions every year. So uh, if anything, what this COVID-19 pandemic is telling us is that we just cannot take illnesses such that, whether it's flu or any other illness, that you know what, it's just a flu. People die because of it. And at the end of the day, if you want to maintain an efficient workplace environment, you got to make sure there's people who are symptomatic are not coming in. And COVID-19 is, again, just one of the several viruses that are out there. We don't know what the next COVID-19 is going to be. And we don't know when that new COVID-19 is going to strike us. 
So in order for us to be better prepared as a society, we got to make sure that we bring all these technologies, which not only can be used now, but can be used in the future. And someone was saying that, um, you know, it appears that there is some warming in the world in terms of there are ice sheets melting and whatnot. And, and some are saying that within these, there may be some viruses that we are not used to, or, you know, we may not be immune to, or however, and again, I'm not an expert in this area, obviously, but um, we, we may see an acceleration, an acceleration, I should say, of future viruses like COVID-19 that could be even worse, possibly. I mean, exactly. If you just look at the time difference between SARS and COVID-19, well, SARS did not happen decades ago. <laughs> mm-hmm. So uh, what that, and again, well, in, 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 in between all of that, you had Ebola outbreak too. Ebola outbreak, which did come to you. I mean, you, you, there were a few cases in the U.S. as well. Yeah. So what that tells us is that, you know what? There are definitely a lot more new pathogens that we are encountering. And you're right. I mean, with the melting of ice sheets, a lot of viruses and bacteria, I mean, they are there in the permafrost, which we have never been exposed to. Mm. We don't know how bad they're going to be. They can be uh, a lot worse than COVID-19 or maybe not. But again, that's something we cannot answer. But one thing we know is those viruses and bacteria are there. And because our immune system has not encountered those pathogens, when they become, when they come out in the environment, there is going to be a huge chunk of population getting infected and that will directly impact the global economy. Oh my goodness. Well, praying that doesn't happen, but you know, (laughs) it could, it could. It could, yeah. Thank you so much. That's Dr. Raul Kushwa. He's uh, one of the co-founders of Predict Medics, a uh, artificial intelligence firm, which is developing amazing technologies, including uh, for the uh, retail industry and well, any place really that has physical space. So uh, the uses are quite broad. This could be transformational. And this is the uh, beginning of uh, you know the artificial intelligence revolution, which uh, could be uh, the next thing that will uh, you know improve society and, uh, and make things better so thank you so much for joining us today thanks Frank it's a pleasure being on